0: Hey, welcome back. Uh, so last week was my return for my you know month and a half plus hiatus from podcasting, and I said that I wanted to try and keep up at least a once a week schedule. I figured you know by the end of the week I should put out a podcast. You know, despite the fact that there hasn't been a whole lot of market action, not a whole lot of things to to talk about in the, the precious metal space. No, no, of course I'm kidding. No, I mean this has got to be one of the most fascinating, exciting weeks in silver. And gold, probably since 2011 and 2010. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, excuse my excitement. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, um, and and I had a. Uh, I just finished drinking a latte. I'm recording this Friday morning, right? Which is actually a pretty good time to record these days in the markets, because uh, you know I was going to actually record one uh, Wednesday evening, and I'm glad I didn't because it would become. Um, you know, pretty quickly obsolete. And even Friday morning might be a little bit uh, too early. Maybe I should wait till market close on Friday, but at least I'll have, you know, the rest of the day today, Friday, and then uh, you know, markets will be closed over the weekend and, and you know, you can actually absorb some of this content without things like the price of silver and gold constantly changing. And and of course the markets are always, you know, prices always changing. But the change we've seen this past these past couple of weeks in, in both markets is astounding. Astounding, right? As I speak right now, uh, silver is uh, a little bit above $28 an ounce. Uh, gold, on the other hand, is, by the way, well above $2,000 an ounce. You know, it's now got that uh, 2000 handle sitting above $2,050 an ounce. The gold to silver ratio, which I'll be talking about later on in this podcast as well, is currently sitting around 72, 73 to 1. Around seventy-two and a half right now, and 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 to put that in context, you know, last week when I was talking, I was talking about you know, uh, you know, eventually we'll have a pullback in the market. This was, I think, past last Wednesday or something like that. You know, eventually we'll have a pullback in the market. Yes, this is a bull market, but but you know, well, I think we had a pullback late last week, but but it's pretty evident early this week that this market was still moving to the upside, especially the silver market. With a gap up, which was filled to the downside, but a gap up on Sunday night. Uh, but then the rest of the week it's just been up, up, up. And again, it, we're, we're talking crazy numbers here that are unheard of in the silver market: a dollar, a dollar fifty a day, two dollars. I mean, I shouldn't say unheard of. I mean, we've seen this before. But the only other times that we've seen it was, you know, 2011, you know, 2010, 2011, in the early 80s with Hunt Brothers. Right, no other point have we seen a movement quite like this. So, so I want to talk about these markets today, um, and 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 I want to start off with some more applicable pieces of information. Of course, don't take any of this as investment advice. This is simply one man's thoughts, one man's analysis. I don't hold any investment type license or anything like that. I'm not a CFA, anything like that. Just my own thoughts on the topic. Uh, Right now, with silver moving up so high and 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 so quickly, and uh you know gold having moved up pretty significantly but but not to the same extent as I said, that gold to silver ratio moving down pretty significantly in just the last couple of weeks, inevitably, there's going to be some people asking, well, I mean, what's the next move for a silver and gold you know investor and and my thoughts would be that this would be the time to be patient. In in all regards, patient with buying, patient with selling, patient with other options, namely exchanging, exchanging one metal for the other. This is the time for patience. First of all, buying. Uh, There'd be two things that I would consider right now in terms of buying at the current price. First of all, the premium. The premiums are very high, potentially because of an acute shortage in the market, potentially, well, probably uh, dealers are adding a bit of a markup as well because of the enthusiasm, as well as the fact that they don't want to, you know, just sell out and not be able to sell anything, especially in a big bull market, right? We know the U.S. Mint has restricted production of, of a lot of their products. You know, we'll we'll get more into that later on in today's podcast, the, the supply and demand aspect of what's going on right now. But that is a, that would be one reason that I might say, I might hold off on buying right now, not just because of the move up, but because of the premiums, which are pretty significant, even on generic silver. Uh, the second reason being, we might get a pullback, and 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 hey, it could be like last week. You know, the pullback. We might be in the midst of the pullback right now, from from almost thirty dollars an ounce down to you know high twenty sevens or low twenty eights, and that's it. And then you know next week we're going to be breaking through thirty, thirty one, thirty two. Maybe I don't know, but there's a good chance that we could see silver drop back to twenty five, right? If you look back as a reference, if you look back to the 2010-2011 rally, there's like in any bull market, um, huge rallies, but also you know pretty steep sh- short term declines, right? So that's something to keep in mind as well. Now, as always in the silver market, in the gold market, um, on the retail side of things, you know I wouldn't be surprised if if you have um, X amount of premium on a product today and the price falls by a dollar and that premium goes up another 50 cents. Right. I would be surprised if that happens that's something to keep in mind as well. But that's one of my thoughts on, in terms of, of patience and buying patience and selling. I mean, come on now. Um, and unless we're talking paper products and you want to take a profit on a mining share paper you know slv pslv gld something like that because you expect a, a pullback a technical pullback or otherwise um on the physical side of things because of the premium right now because of the um the fact that uh there is a you know a bit of loss of value when you sell you're, you're not selling at the such a premium as, as what you're buying at generally speaking depends on who you're selling to um that would, you know, dissuade me from that. But plus there's the thoughts of, you know, how high is this going to go? We're only at $28 an ounce, which I mean, it, it sounds like a lot, you know, it's up $10 from, I don't know, six months ago or whatever. It was $18 an ounce, but in, in the whole scheme of things we're we're only a little bit past halfway to $50 an ounce. Right. And that was back in 2011. I mean, Believe me, in terms of, of monetary policy, in terms of supply and demand, as, you know, the supply and demand aspect of things, uh, in terms of inflation and, yeah, even the threat of, of high or even hyperinflation, you know, $50 could just be a, a rest stop on the way to, you know, 70 80 100 I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out there, right? And we'll talk more about maybe some of that later on as well. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable selling at this point. And, and and that brings me to the other thing to be patient on is is exchanging. You know, it'd be a different story maybe if there were some assets out there that were cheap. And and I'm sure there are. I'm talking about some of the major asset classes, bonds, stocks, uh real estate, etc. And and there and it's not. You know, real estate as a whole is still pretty inflated you know there's certain markets maybe commercial real estate that that's not true for but for a lot of markets it is there's some stocks i'm sure that are uh, at a much lower value than where they were six or or seven months ago Um, but as a whole a lot of you know if you look at the indexes if you look at a lot of tech stocks etc they're still very you know overvalued right and that's something to keep in mind too with silver and gold is you know what are you transferring it for because you know, for a lot of people, it's not just be cash. They're not just going to change from from a, uh, a metal to, to fiat and just hold it in fiat. They're going to change to um, either another metal, another solid asset, you know, real asset, real estate, land, or stocks or something like that, or pay bills, right? Pay off debt, something along those lines, right? And so you have to be looking at other assets in conjunction with what's going on in the silver and gold market right now. And there's not any of them that are becoming in any way shape or form um you know undervalued at this point with maybe a couple exceptions you know and then there's gold right i personally would be looking to eventually shift some of my or most of my silver into to gold you know exchange but but at this point in time you know 70 72 and a half to one ratio i mean that's not you know, as I'm speaking right now, I think the ratio dropped drop to below 70 or right around 72, but, but even that isn't enticing enough for me, right? I'm looking at the gold to silver ratio dropping to 40, 30, maybe below 30 to one, maybe 20 to one eventually. And so, you know, 70 to one would not be the time to, to make that exchange, even though, you know, it wasn't all that long ago that it was at, you know, 120 something to one. 124 to 1, I think, might have been the high. So patience, I think, is the name of the game in this you know, stage of a market. Uh, I saw some blip, some headlines, some um, quick thing about the silver and gold market, about how they're in a, a, a mania stage right now of the market, which is ridiculous, right? Um, I didn't see where I, – I don't recall who wrote this or where it was written – but we have to remind ourselves that there's a lot of people that will look at the stock market or Tesla or Apple or Amazon or Microsoft, or a lot of tech stocks, a lot of bubble stocks, bubble assets, and say that's not a mania. That's They're buying growth, they're buying tech, they're buying whatever, um, despite the fact that they're so clearly overvalued, especially a company like Tesla. Right, there's people out there. There's the entire Tesla Q community, and there's many others that are willing to say, you know, Tesla is massively overvalued right now. Um, But, but (laughs) they, I think it's a little early to say that about silver and gold to say that they're in a mania phase, especially when you consider, you know, why are people buying silver and gold? I mean, that kind of brings me to the second part here: Uh, why are people buying silver and gold right now, or why is the price being bid up so much, especially on the paper side of things? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of demand on the physical side as well. There has been since, you know, March of this year. And and I think Wall Street, um, a mainstream investor, uh, maybe banks, some large banks, would love to tell themselves that this is just simply momentum trading on the paper side of things. And it's just a technical move in both silver and gold. you give whatever mundane explanation you can give for it, right? And let's not say that it's because of, of a widespread movement among investors, investors with a lot of money, investors probably with a lot more money than you and I, uh, that are, are looking to hedge, are looking to hedge and or profit off of what they see on the economic horizon, namely inflation, destruction of of, of capital um, financial repression uh, lower and lower rates, potentially negative rates here in the United States in terms of of the fed funds rate and or uh, the the treasury market all of those things right I mean what if that's what's happening right here in fact what I think is happening if you want i i see this as sort of a this bull market that silver and gold earn right now. And some of this is a little more applicable to silver because it's such a smaller market and so much more prone to demand shock right yeah. what I see going on right now is sort of a three pronged issue first of all you have the paper side of things right you have the price rising where at the same time you're seeing a lot of uh, commercial short positions um, dropping I believe if I remember you know the the latest caught report from from like a week or two ago um in addition to that you also have so you have the paper side of things right there's a lot of momentum trading no doubt right whether it's on Robinhood or hedge funds or whatever you know they are chasing the asset that is um that's doing well for them right now right they're chasing the asset that clearly has the momentum silver and and gold all right so there's the paper side of it but there's also the physical side of it there's the supply and demand. And, and what we're seeing right now, especially in the silver market, which, again, is so much smaller than the gold market in terms of value, you're seeing falling supply, which has been the case for many years now, but has been exacerbated in 2020 by COVID-19-related uh, shutdowns. Um, and then you're seeing, you know, in conjunction with that slowdown in supply, you're seeing a, a rise in demand. Right. Again, since March, you saw this huge move in demand because of people hedging, hedging against economic crisis, hedging against inflation, et cetera. Right. Bank of America recently, you know, put out an article or put out an analysis. It was shared over on Zero Hedge talking about how they think, you know, silver could get to $50, get to $50 soon. And, and I think the term they use is the medium term. And a lot of theirs was based on supply and demand, but it wasn't what we're talking about, this investment demand coming into the silver market. A lot of it was, you know, if Joe Biden wins the election, think of all the silver that's going to be used in, in green projects and whatnot. And, and yeah, there may be some truth to that. But what we're seeing right now is not a bunch of people buying silver um, because of some huge rise in industrial demand. There's not people investing in it because of some new technology that's come out that's going to get to, to soak up a, a an extra hundred or two hundred million ounces a year in silver demand. No, what we're seeing right now is a lot of physical and paper investors buying into a market for some of these other reasons I listed, momentum, but also as a hedge. And 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 they're over. They're simply overwhelming the market, right? I mean, I think in, in terms of on the physical side of things, for a while you could use the excuse that it was just Covid 19 related we we couldn't get the metal moved from place to place from from mine to to refinery to to mints to etc um uh, but but i think that at this point in the game i think a lot of people are just realizing that there's just not a lot of physical supply out there you know steve san angelo pointed out that something like fractional silver rounds are an incredibly low supply right i mean talking about a, a national coin shortage um you know there's an acute shortage of silver, right? It's not that you can't get it, but look at the premiums we're seeing right now. Yes, some of that's dealer market, but some of that is, I think dealers realizing that they want to hold on to at least some of what they have and they want to profit off of it, right? Um, can't fault them for that. And uh, and they can't do that if they don't have inventory. And I think they're you know, concerned about how much inventory are they going to have in the future, especially if this bull market continues to gain steam and, Investors continue to have, you know, increased enthusiasm. And then finally, you know, the last prong of this is, of course, the monetary side of things. I mean, look at the amount of money that's been printed by central banks this year, the amount of, of debt that has been added to, to the U.S. national debt and, and numerous other countries around the world. It's, it's bleak, right? And I think that's what might worry a lot of, you know, big banks, central banks, uh, mainstream investors, governments the most about this rally what it could signify. They'd love to tell themselves, you know, central bankers, you know, uh, Jerome Powell uh, would would love to tell himself, you know, just so he can fall asleep at night, that this is simply a technical rally or just momentum in the silver and gold markets. Um, But no, I think it's so much more than that. And I think for many years now, very smart, wealthy individuals, hedge fund managers, um, you know, hedge funds themselves, uh, uh, wealthy investors, etc have been positioning themselves in the metals and and I think you know they're finally being proven right here in 2020 and and I don't think it's just purely a momentum type of thing I think this is very much a monetary thing that's going on it's not purely monetary as I said there's the paper side of things right there's the momentum side of things there's the acute demand on the silver market and to some extent on the gold market as well uh, forcing the price up. But believe me, a lot of that is coming from people looking to hedge, looking for a hedge against inflation, against economic ruin, against a recession, et cetera. So, fascinating week. It'll be interesting to see how this week wraps up. And again, this is just Friday morning. Um, things ab- absolutely could change in the span of a couple hours. Um, I'll be back next week, hopefully. and and give you guys another update. As always, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast, and God bless.